Welcome to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. Everybody has ideas. Everybody has wonderful ideas. I get people walking up to me all day long saying, I got this great idea. What does it take to take an idea and execute it properly? What I found a lot is that people get discouraged as soon as they try to take a brilliant idea and take it to the next step. And so they shut the whole thing down and just go back to their day job and they live with the frustration of knowing they had a great idea. So how can you take it to the next step? There's a million different ways, but all of them seem to have hitches. What we can do though is learn from some of the people who have taken it to the next step and maybe, maybe by following what they've done, we can template for ourselves a model for rolling out a good idea and turning it into a business we can be proud of. Now, not too long ago, I got an inquiry from a gentleman named Chris Mead. Chris is in Connecticut. We don't know each other. He just looked me up. He had a new idea. He had a new idea that he and his brother and best friend had turned into a product. It's called CrossNet. You can find it at crossnetgame.com. And when you look at it, you go, that's a funky looking thing. What it is essentially, it looks like a volleyball net, but in a square. So it looks like four square. So like a T or a, or a cross. And you have four people who can play CrossNet at the same time. And that's all I knew. I looked up the game. And the first thing I saw was Walmart and Target and Home Depot and Amazon. And I'm going, what is going on here? So I jumped and I called Chris up and here he is today. Welcome. For having me on. Appreciate it. Now, this is a Cinderella story, but it's also a testament to doing things the right way. So when you explain it, and we talked a little bit, when you explain it, so much of this story is common sense. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about your background. Where yeah. are, you're, you're, you're in Woodstock, Connecticut, which is not Woodstock, New York. Yeah. Well, I am no longer in Woodstock. I am actually in Miami, Florida now. But you're in Miami, were, Florida. I am in Miami, Florida now. Okay. So well, that, I was does, that doesn't in, suck. Born in Woodstock. Uh, the idea was, I, idea was created in Woodstock, Connecticut. Uh, three farm town kids gas station 30 minutes away, movie theater an hour and 15 minutes away, super small town, always looking for things to do outside and stay active. So one night we were all together and just a brainstorm happened. And we essentially said, hey, let's create a new idea and let's just write some stuff down. ESPN was going on until about five in the morning and four-way volleyball is written down. So we Googled it, checked it out. Nobody had ever made it before. And we said, why not us? How old were you? We were 24, 24 and 20. The rest of them were 22. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So 24 sitting around watching TV, yep. playing beer pong. <laughs> and uh, you come <laughs> up with the idea of a volleyball court shaped like a T. Yep. What, what were the rules? We, so or did, you, did you even have rules? Yeah, we, we bought two nets and we rigged them up together and we figured what better way than just have elimination style. Mm -hmm. We grew up not being good at volleyball. We played basketball growing up and we're like, 
let's make the game to 11 win by two like basketball rules mm-hmm. and let's have the person who serves the ball be the only one who could uh, score a point mm-hmm. so from there it was elimination style spiking into other people's nets other people's squares and if you stayed alive for that round you got one point and if you got eliminated you saved your points and so i'm against the other three people yep i can i can have up to three touches in my so turn, so one, I can I can bump bump set spike one hit one hit each actually. Oh, I one hit each. Okay, yeah. so I it comes over to my side. I can spike it at the next guy, or I can bump or set it over to the next guy. The exactly. point is to get it out of my square, to get yes. it out of my zone, and, and keep the ball alive. Yep. It's as simple as it's as simple as four square, the game that, that kids play in kindergarten. Exactly. Yeah, we grew up loving four square, so we figured four square volleyball together. Why not? It's a it's a wonderful it's a chocolate peanut butter story, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, vol- volleyball sucks because if you want to play beach volleyball, you have to get a team. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you don't anymore. It's two people for beach yeah. volleyball. But that's really hard. And you have to be really good at it. You have to be really good at it. This is, this, you and I joked about this. It is like basketball. The, the guys who made South Park made that movie about them sucking at all games. So they put basketball and baseball together and turned it into a national league and, and got famous. Yeah. So uh, just like that. It's a great story. Part. But you and I talked about this before the recording. Uh, Having a, a net set up in a in a tee and a ball and a rule and a couple of rules and force friends is a long way from Target and Amazon. So what happened next? So next, it was probably about a year of just like slow sales, little bit at a time. Uh, we were happy when we got five sales a day. I'll, I'll always remember the goal for the first like eighteen months was let's sell ten of these a day. Hold on, let, I'm a chronic interrupter. Who was making them? Were you so guys stitching we, these nets yourself? No, 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 no. We, we had the, the first blueprint. Uh, we engineered it, had like AutoCAD go and all that. We found a sporting goods manufacturer overseas. We waited patiently. And then eventually we ordered, I think like 100 to start, uh, just as much as our bank account would kind of permit. Your bank account? Yeah. This is something important for founders. Your bank account. You My bank self-finance. account, not somebody else's. Not somebody else's, yeah. You self-finance this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. And you just kept it at a steady trickle, just selling 10 a day, 15 a day, you ordered in groups of 100 and stuff like that so it wouldn't break the bank? Yeah, I mean, we ordered in, I think, 50 to start, then 100. Uh, and we would just kind of double up on our order. And yeah. knew that would mean that there'd be times with sellouts because uh, we would need cash from the first period to, to get the next order going. Uh, but we understood that it was worth it rather than losing part of our company. And just being in a lot of debt for no reason. So mm-hmm. we started really small. We didn't like our eyes didn't flash at all. We'd get a $2 price break. If we bought 10,000 of them, Oh, we know we'd have to buy a, a massive warehouse then and then have to deal with all this other stress. So started small and then started flipping them, but it took a long time to even sell five a day. And now we'll sell five before like I roll out of bed. So now you, I just did the last podcast on customer discovery where you, you go out and ask people what they want. You had a pretty unique process for customer discovery called oh, yeah. the beach. Yeah. Talk to me about the beach. Yeah, we, we've got that prototype from China eventually after like 60 days. Uh, certainly wasn't perfect, but it worked and it was fun. And we brought it to our beach in Narragansett, Rhode Island. And we just set it up and played. And it was like an alien was at the beach. Every single person was looking. Every person was staring. People were coming up to us. What are the rules? How do I play? Can I get involved? And the line would grow. So you have the four people in the net, and then you have people rotate in when you get eliminated. Um, 
we like to keep it to like six. Just like people. elementary school. Exactly. We like to keep it to like six people. So you actually have a, a concise game where everybody has points and it gets competitive. Uh, but in the beginning, more the better. So we had like 50 people in this line trying to come up and join and play. And eventually we didn't even get to play our own game because people were having too much fun with it. So, and, and everybody got it. They, they stepped in and they got it. Yeah. yeah the, exactly. the rules are that simple. Yeah. Super simple. One hit, you get one hit and you want to move up to a square and you want to get somebody else who's ahead of you out. Couldn't be more simple. And so you actually left the net behind on the beach. Oh yeah. All the time. We still do that. It's fun. Like we'll just drop the net off at like we we're in Tampa a few weeks ago, drop the net off. We'll come back at the end of the day and we'll see people we'll have to kick people off to be like, Hey, we need our net back. That's customer discovery done, done the right way. I love yeah. it. And, and, and people, what were they saying when, when you said, hey, this is my net, and they go, uh, I love this? Or what, what were they yeah. saying about it? Majority, almost everybody's like, this is a genius idea. Wish I thought of it. Like, where can I buy it? Also, then sales started to kind of trickle in. And then we Where kinda, were you selling? Where were you selling? Uh, out of the back of your web- car? Uh, just on our website, and then we would ship it out. Uh, the game weighs about 20 pounds, so nobody really likes to lug it out. Mm-hmm. but sometimes we'd actually sell the model that we played with so we wouldn't have to pack it up or just whatever. I love it. So, so talk to me about your brain flash on social media that you actually didn't come up with. That, yeah, that you discovered yeah, we got that. real lucky about that one. Uh, so eventually we kind of realized uh, that we needed to get a really high quality video of people playing. Uh, we certainly were not volleyball experts and we knew that this game needed an awesome rally video of professionals playing. I didn't know anybody. Uh, so we reached out to the Latvian Olympic team. The Latvian Olympic Latvian team. Olympic team. How they the were, hell did you, like of all the Olympic teams? They own a random camp and uh, one of the guys that owns a camp out in Latvia. He, for whatever reason, messaged us and said, hey, this looks cool. And we took a chance and we shipped him a net. And I don't know why we did, but we just did. And then one morning I rolled out of bed and there's a video on Facebook that had like 5 million views, like thousands of shares. And we're like, what just happened? And this is the Latvian uh, volleyball camp. And these Latvian pros are playing cross net. Exactly. So they're like in the sand, like in like a forest on the beach. And it's just like the most like exotic, crazy video. And they just sent us a ton and we've been monetizing it ever since. Is this video still out there? Oh yeah. oh yeah. So I can Google Latvian volleyball team cross net game. I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna put it on the blog post yeah. then so people can check yeah. it out. Beach box camp. It's uh, it's on our YouTube channel actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, so so suddenly the Latvians. I can, I still can't get over the Latvians. Like of yeah. all the Olympic teams, you get the right. Latvians. Like the furthest away, the most obscure, yeah. and and they 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 just put you over the edge. Exactly. And, and so they get millions of views, millions, thousands of shares. Yep. And so what happens then? Yeah. So we start getting website traffic. Uh, the video starts going obviously viral. And then we kind of realize, hey, we don't need to be reaching out to a million influencers and losing all this cash because it is a heavy product. The manufacturing cost is more than I like it to be. Uh, so if we start doing 100, 200 influencers, we're going to burn cash. And we don't want to burn cash because we're, we're building a business, not giving away cash. Mm-hmm. So we only need one or two or three really good videos to, to run ads on. And when those get stale, repeat the process. Mm-hmm. So we use that video, uh, really started hammering the ads and making sure we're doing smart copy, uh, really driving people to the website. And 
from there, the sales kind of just spiked. And then kind of the same effect that we had when we brought it to the beach, mm-hmm. our customers started bringing it to the beach. I no longer had to go to the setup at the beach. We had hundreds of people around the world doing it for us daily. And it was just a spider web effect. Wow. Now, you're still not at Walmart. No, we're not. So how does that happen? Like, this is a, this is a dream. Yeah. You know, cool. like to go, to go from this to Walmart, but you go, that's an impossible dream. I'll never be able to do that. How did yeah. it happen? So uh, we had a distributor uh, purchase 24 units. They're called Spreetail out in Nebraska. Had never heard about them. Had never been to Nebraska. How'd they find you? They just saw us on Google. Uh, they found us on the internet and the guy wrote back, reached out to me uh, just through our chat box on our website. Uh, so anybody listening, have a chat box. Uh, crazy people go through it. <laughs> and uh, Dick's 40 Goods actually went through it. Uh, just, it's wild. So they... Uh, they hit us up. They bought 24 units. I didn't think anything of it. And then I got a call. We, they got the inventory in on Friday. I get a call Monday. Hey, we sold all 24 in within 72 hours. Like we haven't had this much success in a product in a long time. Uh, let's talk about becoming a distributor for you and selling on Walmart and Target and all these other, other big channels. So they on the spot offered to buy a 40 foot container of 2,400 cross nets. And sell them, did, were they going to charge you a commission for this? They were going to buy them at our wholesale cost, which is what I'd sell to a normal store, uh-huh. and then resell on the websites. And it would give us the brand recognition of the big stores and be an introduction to the buyers. And so get our no product. commission? No commission at all. And then they used the power of their network to reach out to companies like Walmart, Amazon. Yeah, so they have those connections built already. So all they have to do is upload the, the product to the website. And then so Walmart. Not even, it's not a sales agent. They literally just upload directly and sell. Wow. Yeah. I love that because I have talked to a lot of people and they go, you know, to get onto Walmart, that's a big deal to get into Home Depot. It's a big Amazon for goodness yep. sake. Exactly. It's a huge deal, but uh, that's the power of, I guess, uh, doing something that's so simple to understand and everybody loves it. Yeah. Huh. So, so built a great connection with them. The sales started coming in and then the marketing teams at like Target took notice of the product doing well. And then we were able to even have a Black Friday for the Black Friday, last uh, Black Friday. We had a whole special on the homepage of Target.com during Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Shut the door. No yeah. way. Yeah. Wild. Wild. So another big question. Mm-hmm. Your bank account. We talked about this before. A lot of people, the holy grail, oh, I want to get angel investment, then I want to get series A, series B, series. Yeah. And I've talked to a lot of investors, talked to a lot of founders who are coming out the tail end of that, and they go, be careful what you wish for. Because bringing in an investor, what it means is that your attention is usually diverted from your, making your product and making your company to keeping an investor happy. Yeah. That isn't the case with you. No, it's not. We've never taken outside investment. Uh, we started with 10,000 bucks and we just doubled down every time we'd go from hundred nets, take the cash buy 250, take that cash buy 500. Uh, we didn't pay ourselves out for close to 18 months mm-hmm. and it was just like living off what we had in our bank account. But you managed to keep your independence. And now, you know, you and I talked about this before. Uh, the nice thing is if you do ever have a staggeringly large order that you need to ship, you can go to the bank. They've got proof exactly. of your record and they they'll do that all day long and they don't own, they don't own a piece of you. 
Yeah, which is great. So we have banks that are willing to work with us, uh, but right now we're literally just buying purchase orders with half a million dollars at a time right now. It's just wild. That's incredible. Yeah. Now, money and success. Hardship usually uh, pulls people together. Money and success usually drives them apart. You're working with your brother. You're working with your childhood friend. Yep. How's that working? It's cool. It's, it's really good because we're, uh, the nice thing about this company is that we all have our different strengths mm-hmm. and we all know and recognize that in order for us to get to where we need to be, we need to just give each other the independence. Uh, we all live in different states. We meet up when we can, but it's just, we all talk over text and FaceTime. When I check my phone right now, there'll probably be like 40 text messages in the group, but that's how we work. And then those are our business meetings. And I run the sales team. I kind of do all the, the podcast and the, the marketing for the company. Uh, my brother, Greg, does all the social media. He's the CEO of the company, handles, handles all of our billing and kind of employment. And then Mike does all of the engineering and getting the customer service and getting all the orders out properly. Team, You're, you handle the marketing and sales team. Your brother does the hiring. How big is the team? So right now we have three founders. We have two full-time employees, one that handles PR and marketing and events, and another who does fulfillment and customer service. And then we have remote employees who we hire on a freelance basis, whether it's on an hourly basis or a project by project basis. But our whole job all day, besides coming up with new ideas, is finding avenues of weaknesses. So if there's like a line of code I could drop here to help conversion, if there's a piece like a project I need created for content or social media posts, uh, we're starting Dick Sporting Goods in like two weeks. So we have a whole brand campaign coming out to kind of launch that. So things like that are, are things that the freelancers will do. Now, you can ride a, a G.I. Joe, Barbie, Hot Wheels, Razor Scooters. Yep. You can take one idea and keep it going and going and going. Is that the strategy or is the strategy to hunt for completely new things? No, I think right now for this company, our strategy is to keep it going. Uh, We're about to expand into even a few more retail stores, which is great. We start with Academy Sports nationwide uh, in just a few weeks, which is going to be just an absolute dream. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we're in almost like 4,000, 5,000 schools at this point. So we have the retail avenue and then we have the physical education avenue. So it's like, both of those like drive, they're, they're driving forces in two different directions, but it's just tons of revenue coming in from two different pillars. I, I, I want to, I want to throw something in you. You're in hundreds of schools. Yeah. Thousands. Thousands of schools. Thousands. Is there a, a role for you? Um, you know, if you read something like James Altucher's choose yourself, he's a, a, a he's run all sorts of business, a serial entrepreneur. And he wrote this book called Choose Yourself for listeners who haven't heard of it. Um, and this is all about the, the corporate structure, which is kind of an artificial construct, the security and benefits and retirement planning and all that stuff. It's kind of an artificial construct of the 20th century of the whole industrial complex and how that's all going away and corporations are shedding people. So more and more people are finding themselves on the street forced to do something by themselves, choose themselves. And you know, I've, I've been agitating for this a long, long time. And I look at people like James Altucher, Gary Vaynerchuk, and sometimes it can go over the top. But I, I look at schools and I go, they're still educating kids to get a job in the factory. Yeah. And 
using a company like CrossNet and you, you know, a few years out of school yourself, you, yeah. you, you've had a lot stronger connection to uh, an 18-year-old or a 16-year-old kid. Of course. That, that, that we can roll out education based on what you've done to inspire kids and go, you know, I could do this myself. Yeah. Is there, is there any of that? Are people approaching you to say, Hey, could you help us with this? Of course. Yeah. All the time. I'm actually working with an entrepreneur right now who's like starting his own business, uh, tapping me just for manufacturing advice, outsourcing advice, like learning from my mistakes. And that's why I try to do as many of these podcasts as I can and as many articles because it doesn't cost a lot of money if you're smart about it. I mean, there's a difference between creating a new app or a tech company and developing a product. I can understand the huge startup cost with a tech. I wouldn't know the first thing about coding an app, but I can tell you inventing a product and manufacturing it. If it's just a retail product that you, you want to sell at target, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to start it with a couple grand and at least take a risk. Now you just talked about helping an entrepreneur or helping entrepreneurs, helping them learn from your mistakes. Give me, yep. give me a big, give me a doozy. What was one of the big doozies? Um, well, one buying all of our packaging domestically was a stupid mistake that we did for a long, long time. And we also now have all of our, the cross nets prepackaged overseas. That way, when they come here, we just slap a label on them. So before we would buy a box from Uline, it would cost me $3. I would then have to pay somebody to box the box and then have them ship it out the door. Now I just cut out the middleman of somebody having to box it. I'm not paying Uline $3. I'm paying China 25 cents. And I'm just increased my margins big time. The thing is, you didn't go to school. You didn't have any experience in packaging and logistics. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody I, does. I didn't even go to business school. I went to film school. Yeah, nobody, but nobody has that yeah, education, you know? So we all walk into things. It's such an invaluable thing to teach an entrepreneur this lesson because nobody knows. Yeah. You know, I, I wish there was more education this way where somebody like you could stand up in front of a class and go, you know what? Cut out the middleman here, here, and here because I didn't. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, I was grinding my teeth for six months worried about that one. Huh. So, uh, where does it go from here? You're, you're in all the biggies. Yep. Do you have any sort of uh, big plans where you're saying, you know, the next thing, the Olympics, the next thing, uh, Europe, the next thing, Asian domination? What, yeah. What's the next thing? So the next thing for us is our indoor model. Uh, we just released it uh, this month, actually. So we just started selling it and we're doing it the same way. I mean, there's hundreds and thousands of schools that want the game, the indoor version of it, because they're in cold places and they want to play inside. Mm -hmm. So we just released 250 of them. We're going to take the cash from the 250 and buy 500 and just scale it like that. Rinse so, and repeat. Yeah. So we're doing that right now. That's the indoor model. And that, that sold out way quicker than the outdoor model did back in the day. Well, now it's just an iteration, right, of that innovation. Exactly. So yeah, huh. so that, that's the thing right now. And then we'll have other versions of the net come out. Uh, but yeah, we're just really trying to focus on one thing and do it really well. Huh. Now, uh, we didn't dig into this um, enough. You talked about it just briefly about your brother and your, your best friend. Uh, I, I know from my experience, um, I started a company and I hired people that I liked. And it turned out that uh, the people that I liked all did the same thing as me, which was a disaster. Uh, you and I talked about this uh, briefly that, that, you know, one way to avoid killing each other is to work with people who have 
complementary but distinct skill sets. And one of the first questions I asked you, why haven't you killed your brother and your best friend yet? Just dig into that. Yeah, just having the the differences of like our skills is huge. Like I focus on sales and I run the sales team because they don't have sales experience. And if we had conflicting thoughts on sales, then we'd never get any work done. Mm -hmm. So we're able to just like wake up and worry about what we need to worry about. And if we need to have a company meeting about something or a group decision, FaceTime's right there. But I don't, I just have, I, I sleep easy at night knowing that Mike's doing the manufacturing, the product's coming in. My job is to cause issues for him. I want to sell out the units quicker than he could bring them here. And that's my challenge. My brother's challenge is to blow the company up on social media that we wake up and I'm competing with him for sales. I want my wholesalers to, to beat his e-commerce sales. So it's just all competition and working in silos, but at the same time, sharing all the good, the good wins across the company. That's a wonderful story. That's an amazing story. If you're, if you're talking to a 16 year old kid or a founder who's freshly bounced out of their corporate job, mm-hmm. you know, the way the stock market is going, I think there's going to be a few of those. Yeah. Uh, somebody's bounced out of their corporate job and they have an idea. Talk to me. Talk to me about the advice that the advice that you would give somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, one, be patient. It's not going to happen overnight, no matter how good your idea is. Um, Hold but, on. I'm a chronic interrupter here again. Yeah, I apologize. But that is something that is super important because uh, I know from uh, the tech world that the, the amount of depression you see and, and uh, people wanting to kill themselves uh, is super high because all of us assume that everybody's more successful than us because they're getting to IPO in three months yeah. and nobody realizes that everybody is lying and it takes a lot longer. I, I can't overemphasize that point that, that this is a long game, that it's a heavy flywheel you have to push against and push against before it starts yeah. to move and then it starts to get momentum, but it's measured in years, not in weeks. Yeah, it's crazy because the social media of the world, it makes you seem like you're a loser and you're not successful if you're not driving the Ferrari at 26. Like, I don't even have a car. Like, I have no need for a car. So, like, it's just if you're smart about your business and, and really don't buy into that Instagram community, like, you just need to be patient. Take as much money that you can save it up. I quit my job with about four grand in the bank account. And I knew I could live for three or four months and I knew I had to get money elsewhere. So like I started like freelancing, building websites on the side while I was working full time on my company. Mm-hmm. So just ration what you need to live and survive and know that you gotta, like Gary Vee says, like eat shit for a few months until like mm-hmm. it, it really comes out and you just gotta be patient and just keep going. And if eventually you can't do it anymore, like at least you could say you tried. But what's, I, a, what's the second bit of advice? Um, Find a partner, if you can, who will bring a complementary skill set, for sure. Because there's no, nothing better than working with your friends, but your friends need to be providing value rather than taking away from the company. You don't need a buddy-buddy, like, just to go. And I see a lot of people, like, start companies with nine of their best friends, and then it takes you that much longer to get paid, right? Because you have to split the pot by nine people. So start small. Find one person who could really push you in, in opposite ways that you can. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing would just be constantly Googling things. I'm looking all the time on, we made $1 million in this quarter. What can we do to, to get to 2 million? So just learn from other entrepreneurs, tap them, send them a LinkedIn message. That's how we got connected. Like 
just message as many people as possible looking for advice if, if you're clueless. People will give you five minutes. Everybody will, everybody will talk to you. It, it, that's what I've, I've discovered that myself. If you reach out to people, everybody will talk to you. And most people are very generous with their insights and help. A lot of, you know, people want good things for you. It, it, I find that it's, it's, it's quite different from uh, when I was starting out in the business in, in the 90s. Um, and, you know, uh, the guy who founded McDonald's or one of the, the president of McDonald's wrote this book called Coopetition, Cooperating and, and Being in Competition at the same time. And it was a mind-blowing idea at the time that people, businesses would actually cooperate with each other. But I see it all the time now. You know, everybody, everybody wants everybody else to thrive. And I think we're all a whole bunch of little mammals scurrying around and everybody wants the other mammal to survive. It's good exactly. for all of us. Yeah. No, because huh. you want to do it. You want to do it right. Like I wish somebody, when I was starting up, would give me five minutes if I had questions. So I try yeah. to pay it forward. And you never know. Those people become successful and it will pay off in the long run. So if somebody was listening to this podcast and they had a specific skill set or they had a specific thing to offer – what would you be looking for right now? If, for, if crossing it. Yeah. Um, two avenues that I'm looking for is somebody who has data experience to fully optimize our website in ways that I don't know. I'm self-taught. I built our Shopify from scratch. I've had a coder that I work with, but I could be doing things really wrong and I don't know. I see the money coming in. I'm happy with it certainly not content. I'm always looking for ways to do better. So if there's somebody who has worked with a big retailer or a big e-commerce company and go on our website and say, Hey, Chris, these seven things are wrong. Do it this way. You're going to make your conversion will go up even by 0.2%. I'm, I'm giving you the money to do it. Go do it and prove me wrong. So. Well, let's like see if we can do that. I would love that. Yeah. Somebody who has experience with websites and optimization, hit me up. Awesome, man. All right. So one more time, it's crossnetgame.com, C-R-O-S-S-N-E-T game.com. Chris Mead, if you have experience in data and you know how to optimize websites and you know how to optimize the, re, uh, the retail process for websites, give them a call. Uh, if you're one of a million schools with a lot of students with a lot of ideas and you want, you want some advice and you want some schooling on, on, on uh, entrepreneurial skills, give Chris a call. And otherwise, just give him a call because he's a decent guy and you guys can hang out at the beach. Sounds good. Appreciate Thanks, it. man. Thank you so much. This is, it's a Friday morning now. You've just sent me into the weekend in a great mood. I love hearing stories like this. Good. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. You've been listening to Didn't See It Coming, the show about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. If you'd like to talk about brands, drop me a line. I'd love to hear your ideas. That wasn't hard. No, not at all. <laughs> I, I'm serious though. This is, it's a wonderful story because it is in hindsight that simple. And I think we throw so many barriers in our way and the confusion of advice that we get is so much that it just shuts us down. You know, we just go catatonic and, and people need to hear that um, doing things the simple way and letting them grow as they should grow, not forcing them to grow or taking the advice that people go zero to IPO in three months that it's a, yeah. you know, I think it's, I think it's a great story.